breakthrough at Tiffany's, a landmark store for a new order of business. Harriet Quick We'll send you a MyFT Daily Digest email rounding up the latest jewelry news every morning. I thought, to turn this ship around we need to restore its former glory, but how to do it? Says architect Peter Marino of his brief to transform one of the world's best-known retail landmarks, the Tiffany & Co. flagship store in New York, which reopened last month following a full-blown renovation under the management of its proprietor, the French luxury group LVMH. I consider buying diamonds a frivolity, so should not the atmosphere be playful, fun, pretty? And that philosophically is what I have tried to do, says Marino. Transforming the 10.000 SQM, Tiffany & Co., landmark building that stands at the luxury retail apex of Manhattan into a beacon that bows to the heritage and embraces the now and the future has been no easy feat yet such has been the ambition of the LVMH group that bought the brand for $15.8 billion in 2021. That the French luxury powerhouse now owns what is arguably America's only true luxury entity may have ruffled patriotic feathers, but after some lackluster years it was ripe for an overhaul. Marino, a New York City native, who founded his firm in 1978, poetically and politely refers to it as a tarnished empress who needed restoration. The 40s store, with its tough-looking granite and limestone facade and vast atrium ground floor, was originally designed by Cross & Cross architects in a conservative modern style that spoke of America's dynamism and sophistication. When LVMH took the keys, the renovation was already underway, with a permit in place for an impressive redesign of floors 8 to 10 by OMA practice. With its curtain-like wraparound glass wall, terrace and metal panels, the new look was envisioned as a giant diamond on the skyline and conceived to house exhibitions, event areas and VIP suites. The plan was the newest addition to a series of renovations that have been actioned over the decades, including a three-story expansion in 1980 and a 2001 renovation by Yabu Puschelberg, but none has been on the scale of this grand makeover. Marino is well-versed in the architectural lexicon of luxury retail. The architect has designed the interiors of Dior, Bulgari, Louis Vuitton and the Cheval Blanc Paris Hotel, and his firm was appointed shortly after the LVMH acquisition. Taking on the jeweler store, however, presented new challenges for the architect and designer. I have done a lot of ready-to-wear shops and you can see the collection from 50 feet away. I have never done a 10-floor jeweler store in my career. You can't see a ring from 10 feet away. To deal with the scale problem, Marino has used art as interventions. There are more than 40 artworks, a mixture of newly commissioned and LVMH-owned pieces, throughout the Tiffany Landmark store on 57th Street and 5th Avenue, including Jean-Michel Basquiat's joyous 1982 equals pie, which appeared in the Jay-Z and Beyoncé About Love campaign, pieces by Damien Hirst, Julian Schnabel, Hans Hardheim, Daniel Arsham and a series of reappropriated Tiffany advertising campaigns by Richard Prince. We called him and went to his studio in upstate NYC and I grabbed as many as I could and said, they are mine, says Marino of the Hall. Another scale feature is a curvilinear 144-step staircase that rises up between floors 3 and 8, inspired by the amorphic forms of former Tiffany designer, the late Elsa Peretti, who created many of the iconic pieces, the bone cuff and the bean, that are now classics. The glass and Sarastoke staircase, topped by a beige leather handrail, is an alternative route to the bank of four escalators that ascend and descend from art-filled vestibules for the million-plus visitors who come to the store annually.
Tiffany turquoise blue, standardized by Pantone as 1837 blue in 2001, has also been employed, albeit judiciously, and is a currency in the artworks. The store is a tribute to the decorative arts, past and present, and contains an extraordinary collection of furniture, objets and sculpture, by designers including Gio Ponti, André Dubril and Ettore Satsas. With materials ranging from oak parquet and stone for the floors and walls to lacquer work by American artist Nancy Lorenz and a 410 glass diamond-cut skylight feature, everything shimmers, refracts and reflects. The café, first rolled out as a pop-up experiment in 2017, is now a permanent fixture, with Daniel Bullitt overseeing the menu, including the proverbial breakfast, in the blue-accented dining space. Throughout, 4,090 light fixtures illuminate the jewelry and objets in minimalist display cases. A debut collection by the new Tiffany Home Artistic Director, Society Doyen and fashion retailer Lauren Santo Domingo, will be revealed at the grand opening. It is the most extraordinary project in my professional lifetime, says Anthony Ledru, Tiffany President and CEO. Alexander Arnold, the 30-year-old EVP of Product and Communications who has helped spearhead such collaborations as the Nike-slash-Tiffany sneakers and the Return to Supreme collection, brings a youthful perspective on the hyperspeed proceedings. I've been to the store many times when visiting NYC, whether just to browse or to buy presents or to work on the acquisition, says Arnold. Every single person I have met in the city or have interviewed for job positions has a story about the store, whether buying a sweet 16 present or an engagement ring or a present for themselves. That conversation always opens with a smile. Arnold stresses that Tiffany was underperforming when compared to the overall growth of the luxury sector between 2011 and 2019. In 2021, Tiffany reported its best-ever year, and HSBC projections show revenue increasing from €4.32 billion Euros to €6.46 billion Euros by 2024. Now's the time to capture all the good faith, emotion and desire that has flittered off into a myriad of other competitors' pockets. Product might be king, but with Tiffany, the free zone of culture is the halo and the glue. For Marino, the image of Holly Golightly staring into an inaccessible and otherworldly store remains the North Star. This gal from the South, trying to make a glamorous life for herself, goes into the store with George Peppard and they can't afford to buy anything, and the salesman is uppity and uncheerful, laughs Marino. Buying jewelry is frivolous, it is not a necessity like you need a pair of sneakers or an overcoat. His mission has therefore been to position things throughout that make you smile. The 700 SQM VIP suite on the 10th floor is a distillation of the city's glamorous past and present. Marino, who started out his practice as a residential designer, Andy Warhol, Agnelli and Yves Saint Laurent were clients, was given carte blanche to design a Marino apartment. I mean, that's a cool, cool commission and I put my heart and soul into it, says Marino of the space that includes a dining room, hung with custom wallpaper and images of hydrangeas in Marino's Southampton Garden, a lounge in shades of beige with views towards Central Park, a bar, boasting an Urs Fischer video work of Tiffany's emblematic jeweled bird, and a library full of Tiffany archive books that date back to 1850. There's an infectious delight about Marino's grand landmark vision. Not least because he is a connoisseur who owns a significant collection of mixed metal objects, including candelabras and coffee sets that he began hunting down in the 80s. His Tiffany trove is on show at his foundation in Southampton and includes caviar servers. All the essentials. 
Who the hell needs that? Somewhat limited use. But they are splendid objects, he laughs.